listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and joining me this week uh, is a really awesome guest, Brian Dotto. Brian, how are you today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy that we can talk uh, vinyl collecting and music. Uh, It's kind of funny. So the first time I met you would have been when uh, I was helping my brother Fernando and his wife Jackie move into their house in Pomona. And Uh I don't think we've actually seen each other in person since then. But because we follow each other on social media, it's very evident we have a ton in common, which is. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm really excited for this chance to talk vinyl with you and, uh, and yeah, just talk about music. And I'm sure you have some really cool stories to share with us today. All right. Yeah, that, that sounds exciting. Okay. Before we get to vinyl collecting, I wanted to ask you about your career with uh, uh, ADJ uh, Lighting. Uh, I just saw yeah. that you celebrated your 28th anniversary working for the company. And I've seen so yeah. many of your posts. It seems like you get to do events often, like particularly at the Anaheim Convention Center. And I guess all over the country. So I was kind of curious about that. If you could tell us a little more about uh, your career in the, the lighting company. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've spent more years with the company than I did without. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we, I'm the marketing director and we uh, sell lighting of all sorts. Anything from stuff DJs would use to stuff that was in a nightclub churches, big, huge concerts. Uh, we have a few different brands. So we kind of cover the whole spectrum of uh, entertainment lighting. And yeah, I, I've been for you know 25 years going to, to uh, trade shows all over. Of course, Anaheim, which is the NAMM show. I've mm-hmm. uh, been to uh, Atlantic City, uh, you know, Ve- uh, Vegas multiple times. And then uh, two shows in Europe, one in England and one in Germ- in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, we're an international company, so uh, we uh, show a lot of places. So that uh, will lead me into part of what when we talk about music and visiting record stores and things. So awesome! It sounds really cool. And how did you get involved with the company uh, to start out with? Uh, yeah, you know, I started. Uh, I was in school still. Uh, started just barely started studying graphic design. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked for a printing company and ADJ or used to be called American DJ was their customer. And uh, the sales guy came in one day picking up some proofs for one of their catalogs, you know, that had all their products in it. And he had some candy and it had the company name on the candy. And I had never seen that before. I'm like, these guys are so cool. You know, plus they sell these lights. I'm like, who buys this stuff? Oh, you know, they're huge. You know, they're, they're really moving and they're going forward. And, and uh, in fact, they just lost their, their graphic designer. I'm like, wait a minute, give me their number, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I called and left a message for uh, the general manager who would later become my boss for many years. Uh, A week went by and I just said, oh, well, you know, I tried. He called me at work and called me later at home. I came in and the rest is history. I, I started out, I knew almost nothing about graphic design. I didn't, I was not even studying the programs that we used, you know, obviously Adobe stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a lot of on the job training. 
And same thing with marketing. I have a, I have an art degree with emphasis in graphic design. The marketing side just came on the job training. Awesome. Really cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds really awesome that you've gotten to visit so many great cities uh, throughout the country and internationally, as you mentioned as well. Uh, have you gotten to meet people within the music industry when you're doing these trade shows? Um, you know, I've been doing some events where, say, maybe high profile DJs are at, but uh, not really like not really like musicians and stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I obviously I've seen a lot at NAMM of people walking around or, hey, there's, uh, you know, so-and-so. There's, I, I remember seeing Eddie Van Halen uh, oh. through, through a booth one time. Obviously, you've seen Slash a couple times. Um, Gene Simmons from Kiss walks around the NAM show. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, and when you, it all kind of goes together, uh, you know, all of my interests. So it's, uh, it's just so much fun working for the company. Awesome. Very good. And then uh, speaking of your interests, uh, if there's nothing else, let's go ahead and dive into some music talk. I'm yeah. really excited for this. So I'm always curious to hear the stories of people who are really passionate about music and particularly collecting. And as mm-hmm. you can see on your various social media accounts, your collection, I would imagine, is pretty massive. Uh, what is it that led you to collecting uh, vinyl records and, and just loving music in, as a whole? Well, I definitely got that from my dad. Uh, and early on, uh, so I'm, I just turned 50. And so I grew up in, I think one of the best decades of music with the eighties and, and new wave and electronic music and all of that um, dance music. So, um, you know, my dad was always playing music uh, growing up, we'd go camping and it just kind of rubbed off on me. I remember one of my first experiences with loving uh, my dad had an eight track of the band America and listening to the, the song horse with no name. I don't know if you know that one. I do know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's like one of my, that and the Beatles and, and the beach boys. I remember those. So, <clears throat> you know, in the early eighties uh, MTV just started. And so I'm like, Hey, can we get cable? I really want MTV. So we got it. And like all my spare time was spent watching MTV. <laughs> <laughs> not, not other things, you know. Uh-huh. And I remember when Duran Duran Rio came out, I went out and bought the vinyl. That was the first thing I ever bought. In fact, I still have it. Awesome. And uh, in May, they are going to be celebrating 40 years of Rio. I also have the four singles that uh, that were on Rio. So I'm going to do like a post about it. But yeah, I still have my own, my own, my very first copy there. That was the first record. And when I married my wife, she has a copy of Rio. So we, we have his and her Rio's. Uh-huh, awesome. <laughs> uh, and then my first cassette tape I ever bought was the Clash Combat Rock. Oh, and so, awesome. you know, you just kind of start building. I was, you know, 12 or 13 at that time. And um, I just would start collecting. And sometimes the only way you could get something like a single or whatever was a 12 inch vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I would just buy that instead of like cassette or, you know, or CD or whatever. Obviously, CDs weren't even out when I started buying music. So I was mostly cassettes uh, and then got into CDs, would buy vinyl here and there. And so, you know, by the time I was, you know, 18, I probably had, I don't know, a couple dozen records. And so fast forward to, I don't know, maybe 2005, 2007, 2007, because I went and I bought uh, 
let's see what I buy. Uh, Radiohead's um, uh, in rainbows. In rain. In rainbows. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I just, I got to just start. I want to get back into this because I was so tired of, not tired, but it just wasn't as fun like hitting my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now, obviously, with Apple Music or or whatever the other services, mm-hmm. you just click it and play it. I mean, you used to have to have it to be able to play it. So it just kind of brought me back, you know, to be able to take it out of the sleeve, put it on the record player, hit the play, drop the needle. It was all very interactive, flipping it over. You know, you hear pops and imperfections, but there's also stuff in there sometimes you hear that you didn't know. Uh, one of those for me was um, New Order's The Perfect Kiss. It just sounds so amazing on vinyl, where on the CD or whatever, I don't, it's just not as good. It's just like it makes my mind blow. <laughs> so, yeah, I just started collecting more. And the biggest thing I really like are 12 inch singles. That's kind of my thing stuff that's out of print. I love just going and re- digging at a store, relaxing, and all of a sudden you see something, you go, that is so cool. I've never seen that before. And you just grab it and hold on to it. So, so yeah, my big thing really is collecting 12-inch singles, stuff that's out of print. I love going out and just relaxing, digging, and finding stuff. You know, like, whoa, that is so cool. I've never seen that before. So, you know, when I really want a record, sometimes I just order it online or I go to Discogs. I don't usually like walk into, say, like uh, Rhino Records in Claremont and say, okay, I, that's what I came to buy. You know, I just, uh, I don't know, it's just fun digging for huge stuff. That's kind of my jam. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I totally agree with you that, uh, I mean, it's awesome that we have the technology so readily available to us where the streaming services, we can just hit play. But uh, for me, growing up in the 90s and buying CDs, or buying music on CD, it was just like a almost like a really awesome experience, like anticipating waiting for your favorite band to release their album. Whereas yeah. today it's like, I guess maybe because of the oversaturation, it's not quite as ex- exciting as it once was. So, I mean, just to go yeah. to the store and actually uh, shop in person, I think is almost like going back to those glory days, if you would. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of reminds me of my youth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome that you still have your copy of your very first album ever purchased. I don't have yeah. mine. Uh, mine's would have been the Wayne's World CD on oh, soundtrack on CD. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Going back to 1991, I would have been about 11. But <laughs> but nice. uh, very cool, very cool. Um, so what would be some of your favorite albums that you have in your collection uh, for for vinyl? Yeah, so um, uh, Stone Roses. I have a kind of a peach colored vinyl on that. Mm. Um, Man, I gotta think. There's, there's, uh, the Church Starfish is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, I recently uh, got a copy of the Sunday's uh, third album. Is it called Summertime? No. It's I don't know. It's got the moon on the cover. Okay. And um, that 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 one's pretty pricey. That's probably my most expensive one. Uh-huh. I had sold a bunch of stuff on Discogs and it saved kind of banked a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's it. I got to, I want to buy this thing. And as soon as I can find it, I, I did. And it's a, I think it's a light blue colored one. And so pretty much I almost basically got it for free. 
<laughs> because I had sold enough other stuff. So I really dig that one too. Uh, that's the ones that come to mind at the moment. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I have a follow-up question with that too then. So do you have many more like those really like rare, hard to find gems uh, of, of vinyl records? You know, I have a few things here and there. I have a um, REM reveal on record that's still sealed. Oh, cool. It's worth about a hundred bucks, I think. And I'm not, I don't really like sealed records. I haven't opened it, but I plan to. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why, why have a record if you can't play it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm just waiting for the time when it's right, I think. Um, you know, I have a couple cool bootlegs, uh, a Smith's bootleg of a live show that you can't hardly even find it anymore. I don't uh-huh. see it anywhere. Uh, it's called You're Full of Smith. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> and I have, have you seen um, New Order Substance, the one with all the different colored leaves on it? No, I haven't seen that one. I'll have to send it to you, but uh, okay. it's basically substance, but it's uh, it's some sort of bootleg. Um, that was really cool to grab. I felt like I remember seeing it on the wall down at Glasshouse. Uh-huh. I started to sweat. I'm like, okay, I just I have to have that. <laughs> <laughs> so that very, was fun. Very good, very good. Uh, I have just a few myself. Not not a huge collection. I don't know if you're familiar with the artist uh, Elise Tro. I'm not. Okay, she's really cool, awesome, talented uh, uh, singer-songwriter, can play drums, bass as well. Uh, she actually opened for Incubus. Uh, and like you know, the, the Incubus social media team like had such high praise for her. So I checked out her music. I was like, wow, blown away. She's really cool. So definitely check her out, Elise Tro. Uh, she okay. sold one of her vinyls of a, a Oh, no, no, I know who she is. I follow oh. her. Yeah, she's oh, been in NAM and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. When you reset her name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she'll play a beat and then record it. Yeah. And then she'll play something else, right? And it's almost mm-hmm. like handmade as she goes. Yeah. And then she'll be on the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know she actually had actual workout. I just knew that she always was making jams. <laughs> yeah, she sells just a few things on, on her website. I got lucky because she just happened to post on her Facebook account, hey, I'm selling a vinyl, what are my life recordings like now? So if you, you want to mm. get it, jump on. And I just happened to see it right at the second she posted it. So I was able to get a copy. And then I saw people posted like 15 minutes later that it was completely sold out. Wow. <laughs> so that's one of the maybe the more rare ones that I have. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then also for, uh, for, again, follow up question with that. Uh, are there any that you're looking for now that you haven't been able to find, whether because they're out of print or they're just too rare that you would love to have in your collection? Yeah, there's a few things. Um you know the band The House of Love? No, I don't think I know them. No. Okay, they have, they were, you know, 88, 90, around that area. They're, you know, there's one of their records I'd really like to get. Um, you know, I could get it on Discogs. I just don't want to spend the money that, mm-hmm. that they're asking. So I'm kind of, been just kind of waiting, you know. I remember seeing something that was on my list and it was like affordable. And I, like, it came through my email on Discogs and I bought it immediately. It doesn't happen that often. Um, I would definitely also like, um, Jesus and Mary Chain Darklands, but, uh, just kind of waiting around for that to either be repressed or come out or whatever, uh, a little more affordable. Something I did just get that I've wanted for a long time is the Smith's single, um, man, I think it stopped me. If you think you've heard this one before, it's a red cover 
from the Netherlands. And um, again, I bought that when I sold a bunch of records because it was kind of more than I felt comfortable spending on myself. <laughs> uh-huh. But because I had the money, it was like free. So I just yeah. had waited and, and pounced on it. So I once I got that, that was like been on my wish list for probably five years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, very good. You know, very good. you know, back to a couple of things. I have a few from Germany that I really dig. I have um, a German pressing of R.E.M. Green. And I don't know if you know, on the original album, there's like a, a glossy varnish on the cover over the R and there's a four. Oh, I never noticed that before. No. Yeah. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to see, if you go to find it, you'll be able to uh-huh. see it. Okay. Um, I have an original craft work computer love, but it's in German. So it's called um, computer Lieben, I think. And so everything's in German, all the text on the back, obviously all the songs are sung in German, not in English. Uh-huh. So that was about 1980, 1979. That was a kind of a, a fun one to have. Uh, and then I have a Depeche Mode uh, German pressing of Master and Servants. Oh, awesome. That has like a marble finish on the vinyl. <clears throat> so I would go to a record store uh, in Frankfurt almost every year that I would go uh, to the trade show there. And so we'd always look for stuff like that. Me and a friend of mine from work. Oh, very good. Very good. So, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I actually I did. There was one other rare one that I was able to secure actually just yesterday, which was kind of nice. So I did participate in Record Store Day. Uh, normally, I do work yeah. on Saturdays, so it's rare that I can actually get in to get like the the cool exclusive ones. Uh, but at uh, Rhino and Claremont, I was able to get uh, the the Johnny Marr single. Uh, I saw that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I, I got literally the last copy, last copy. <laughs> wow. So it worked out pretty good. Uh, that Later in the day, I, I would have thought it would have been completely sold out, but the one last yeah. copy left, so. Wow. Uh, so with, with vinyl collecting, I mean, I'm only just fairly recently getting into it for, for the longest time. CDs were like my jam. That was like what I really yeah. wanted. Uh, but I had a question for you because for a while I was just kind of getting vinyl for decoration. Like I would frame it and hang it on my wall and then I ran mm-hmm. out of wall space. So Allison <laughs> said, yeah, okay, well, why don't you just, uh, go ahead and buy a record player? <laughs> uh, so I just got just a basic, like cheap one off of Amazon. What I wanted to ask you is I think you are kind of more the expert with, with sound and lighting. Uh, if you're going off both a budget or if money's not an object and you have a good amount of money to spend, what type of, uh, turntables and speakers would you recommend getting? You know, I, I, that's a great question. You know, the ones I have are ones that my work sold that were used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I pick them up from there and uh-huh. I just have basic needles. They're like $25 needles. Uh-huh. I try to put my money towards the vinyl and not as much towards the, the needles and stuff. Okay. Someday I'd like to do that and, and have a little more professional system, but um, you know, just starting out, I'd rather have the music. Uh, you know, of course, I want to recommend the speakers my company sells and stuff. They're more like on the DJ side. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, I don't really on a high end. I don't really know. You know, I see people posting stuff with some really intricate turntables and the stuff with the tubes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that much about it. I don't I don't geek out that much about it, even though it definitely it does sound good. Um, you know, maybe down the road 
when my kids have left the house and I want to extend that part of the hobby, maybe I will, but uh-huh. I'm just really happy with, you know, the basic stuff that I have. Oh, so cool. I'm probably not the best one to ask that. Okay. Well, I'll definitely <laughs> keep asking around, but uh, for the, for the most part, the player I have works fine. It just has built-in speakers and it even has an auxiliary. Oh, okay. So, but, but again, nah, it's always, yeah, cool at some point you're going to want to get some sort of a powered speakers or something yeah. like that, because those little speakers can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what are your summer, your favorite shops? Then I know you mentioned you prefer uh, uh, Discogs online, but I mean, do you have a particular record stores in the area that you like to visit? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've been visiting Rhino records since I could drive. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you know, it used to be down a little hallway. Uh, it was in a different location. Uh, and I, that's right. In fact, I remember buying, uh, do you remember, or do you know the band, uh, the trash can Sinatra's? No, no. Okay. Well, I bought their first album there. Uh, it was an import. I, you know, that's one of my highlights. I remember something I bought and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was down a hall. It was tiny. It was like 25% of the size of, of where it is now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been going there a long, long time. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, Glass House in Pomona is a fun mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, and then they have a sister store, Record Safari LA, that I like to go to. Oh, very good. Um, and that is out in Atwater Village. Uh, obviously, Amoeba is like, you know, the granddaddy. Yeah. Um, but that can get a little overwhelming sometimes. You know, yeah, and it's hard to get, just to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I used to go to like Aaron's records. I don't even know if they're around anymore in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so those are the main ones around here. Oh yeah, Rhino is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, again, you're just going there yesterday. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of funny on, on April 1st, they had posted that they're going to be moving to a new location in Montclair. And because yeah. it was on the first, I thought they were just joking that it was an April Fool's joke, but I guess it's serious that they are going to be moving this summer. Yeah. So that's going to be farther for me, but that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also enjoy uh, Chaos Records in Covina. I don't know if you've had a chance to visit that one. Hmm. Uh, on Citrus and uh, what's the nearest cross street? Um, just a little bit north of the, the Old Town Covina area. Okay. I think maybe I've seen that. I don't know if I've ever been there. So there used to be Rock Rockaway Records down there. I used to go there, you know, 18, 19, 20. That, that's where I started, would get a lot of my like Morrissey singles, you know, when Morrissey first started making music, that's the only way you could get it. Yeah. And knowing that he was just making singles, it's like, who knows if this is ever going to be on a real record. So yeah, grab it while you can, you know? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Rockaway was pretty cool. So yeah, I'll have to check out chaos. Yeah. Check out chaos. Uh, I got to go there. They, they hosted a meet and greet with Richard blade, which was really cool. So I got to have him sign my copy of his book and then get a picture with him. And it was cool. Just actually getting to chat with them for a little bit. Um, ask him a few questions about the pesh mode. So that was yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so for meet and greets, you had, I, I asked you that before over the, the Facebook messenger, uh, what are some of your favorites that you've done in record stores or that you've got had the opportunity to do a, a meet and greet with somebody? You know, I, I've never really done any meet and greets now. So I did see a band uh, and a friend of mine and I met them afterwards. Um, they're called the Darling Buds and they had like three records from like 88 to 92, 93, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're more of kind of, do you know the primitives? Yeah, I do know. Yeah. 
they, 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 they're very similar to that female singer and kind of a almost somewhere between bubble gum and then kind of like white noise mm-hmm. and a velvet undergroundy type thing. Um, <clears throat> we saw them. Um, and after the show, my friend we was at the Roxy, my friend and I went in the back and he climbed up some sort of scaffolding and was like in the second story window looking at them. And so they're like, Oh, hi. You know, and started talking to talking to him. And then they came down. I got a picture with the singer. She's like, Oh, you guys were the guy, the ones that were, you know, up on the roof. She's like, Oh, come on next door to the rainbow room with us. Come hang out with us. So we're thinking we're all cool. You know, we walk over, we took one step in we're like, yeah, let's just get out of here. <laughs> and we just laughed all the way home. But, so, you know, I'm just not that big of a meet and greeter. I don't know. I'd rather just see him perform. And because a lot of times you get disappointed <laughs> of no. who they really are, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. There could be instances where you, you go show up and you can't get in. I mean, there was like the, the infamous uh, uh, Depeche Mode incident at the warehouse. Yeah. Back in the yeah. day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it, it can happen. But yeah. And I guess nowadays they don't really do it as often as they used to. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers just performed in store for Amoeba. But I yeah. think like it was like near impossible to get tickets to go to get in. Yeah. So that, and that's exactly why I don't like really doing record store day. I just get disappointed. I mm-hmm. went last year to Glass House and all I did was go through like the dollar bins that were in the actual Glass House performance space because I walked into the record store and, you know, everyone's still wearing a mask. There must have been 80, 90 people in there. I'm like, there's no way you can shop, you know? And if I want to buy something, I'm going to wait an hour to buy it. I'm like, that just wasn't my idea of fun. So I just left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Well, going back to uh, Depeche Mode. So uh, you had mentioned before that you wanted to share the story of attending the the Depeche Mode 101 Rose Bowl show. I'm so excited to hear your experience for someone who got to go firsthand to be there. Yeah, so... I have a joke whenever like that, that record's around or it's a song from there. I go, Hey, I'm on that record. And they're like, what do you mean you're on that record? Yeah. I was in the audience, you know, and that's <laughs> me singing. Uh-huh. So that's just my little icebreaker. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so totally into Depeche Mode. Then it was, you know, 1988 uh, music for the masses had come out and they announced the two, you know, that the one one at Rose bowl mm-hmm. and uh, opening up for them was OMD. They were doing their greatest hits album and uh, Thomas Dolby. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, a friend of mine that could, could he drive? Yeah, no, he could, maybe I could drive too. It's hard. It's fuzzy. So yeah, no, I drove. We, I had my parents Astro van and we took the seats out and we're like, we're going to spend the night and be the first people in line to get tickets because you know, there was no internet back then and you had to buy it from a ticket master. Mm-hmm. So the closest place to us was in Laverne. There was a, I think it was a music plus or something like that. Some place that had a ticket master. Mm-hmm. So we go and hang out in the park. It's totally gone now. It's over by where the target shopping center is yeah. now. So um, we, we spend the night all night and there's maybe like 15, 20 people there doing the same thing. Of course, I don't know understand why my parents would ever let me do that you know but they did (laughs) Uh looking back you know so we spent the night we get up we're tired you know people are starting to get in line and we're probably like this fifth or sixth people and we're this is so cool and then the people come out and they they tell you know 
dig your hand into the bag, it's it's wristbands. It's like, oh, we just spent all night for no reason. Because <laughs> then you just, it was random by the order. Anyway, yeah. we ended up getting, I think, eight tickets. So we go and it's kind of like an all day thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people that, um, first of all, it was kind of weird uh, that Dave Gahan was all in white. But it's kind of cool. You know, it's like, I'm sure he's gonna, they're going to be all in black and this and that. And he comes out in all white. It was just, it was like just totally different. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think you can hear it on the recording, but so blasphemous rumors when they played that it was started raining and there was lightning and thunder. And I thought, okay, this is a sign and we're all going to die now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just amazing. I was on the, I don't know, probably the 50 yard line mm-hmm. on the, on the, on the floor. And it was just such a cool night. Um, it was, it was amazing just being there with friends and stuff. I'd wish I had taken more photos, but I don't, you know, those days you weren't even allowed to bring cameras in and stuff. Obviously there's no cell phones. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately I don't have anything, but I did take away a really cool shirt that was just for that concert. And uh, it's like the 101 exclusive because a lot of the shirts, you know, like the cover of the album where it looks like it's taken the picture from the merchandise stand. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was a T-shirt with the four guys pictures on it. And a lot of people bought that. My friends bought it. I'm like, you know, I want this like exclusive 101 one. And about a month ago, I found it. Oh, cool. I had a whole bunch of stuff in kind of like a trunk and I put it up in my uh in my attic and had cassette tapes and some concert t-shirts and things like that. And so I'm like, you know, I got to see what's in there. So I went and pulled them out and there it was. So on June 20th, which is the day of the concert, I'm going to post my uh, concert t-shirt on my Instagram. Awesome. Very <laughs> looking forward to, to seeing that really cool. And, and totally jealous that you got to go. That's really awesome. Uh, did you yeah, also happen awesome. to attend any of the, the Dodger Stadium shows they did for the Violator Tour? No, I was uh, on my mission then. Oh, okay. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I when Violator came out, I don't remember the date, but I remember all the singles, you know, leading up to it mm-hmm. because I was really into all that. I'd graduated from college, high school. I was going out. Uh, there was a place in Maryland, a nightclub. It was an under 21 place mm-hmm. in Pasadena that we would go and hang out and go dancing. And, you know, I remember all the songs and then I went on my mission <clears throat> and kind of lost track after that, obviously. Uh-huh. But I did see on my 18th birthday, the cure there during the disintegration tour. Oh, cool. Very awesome. At Dodger stadium. Yeah. And uh-huh. Love and rockets opened up as well as the pixies. Oh, it so sounds cool. like an amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, that's pretty much all the questions that I had. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up or are we good to wrap up? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, yeah. You know, it, it, it's fun to go on Instagram. Now there's so many like people that post their vinyl and mm-hmm. it's such a fun little community. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, I have two Instagrams, one just kind of for my family and personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one, I was going to put up pictures and cause I just like taking pictures as a hobby. Yeah. And I was going to, you know, put up some of the places I've been to and things like that and, and stuff from like Joshua Tree and, you know, that stuff. And it just kind of turned into a, a my vinyl account. 
<laughs> but it, it, it's a fun it's fun to be in that community everyone seems to be super cool yeah very cool very cool and i, I can testify or attest that yes your uh your instagram page specifically for uh your vinyl collection is yeah. really cool so so where can people find you in case they're interested in checking you out on instagram yeah so photo. awesome Awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today and talking uh, music and vinyl. I just, I, I love doing it. I can do it like uh, all day if I had the time. <laughs> totally. I could too. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. So you've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Thanks again, everyone.